Alright, hello everybody. We're trying something a little bit new here. Seeing if I could get the sound both synchronized in Discord and here push to talk. So the guys will tell me if uh, if that worked for them. Caleb, can you say hey? Hey, Caleb. <laughs> we also are accompanied here today by uh, the ever-present McLeod. Say hey, McLeod. Hey, McLeod. And RJ. Say hey, RJ. Hey, RJ. Alrighty, we got everybody around the table today. So today we're going to discuss uh, in depth, and, and the funny thing is, we really have to start recording the pre-show because we are we hang around here for like, I don't know what, forty five minutes before the show, guys, and um, talk about what we're going to talk about on the show, and it's like, oh yeah, that would be really great for the show if we actually talked about that stuff. What do you say? And then we lose a lot of uh, very good content, but uh, I think that's true for all the shows. It, it happens. Yeah, I know it happens with TIS as well. So, like, you know, I'm fairly certain it happens with Meta Show and uh, Open Comms. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great fun because because we do we, we do prep here. And so, oh no, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> you know, I've noticed a, a strange thing about Twitch for me, and I don't know if you guys have have noticed it. So, so last week I resub during our show, okay, um, but mm -hmm. it doesn't give me that share button until the next week. Do you guys ever see that? I think it's a, a refresh of your uh, page that does it? it. Yeah, well, here, I, I, since I've been sick for the past couple of weeks, I haven't done a resub, and uh, I'm going to test this theory. All right, you test this theory. Please uh, please pause for uh, for station testing. You, you <laughs> return to your normal broadcast momentarily. Yep, I just refreshed and got the share thing. All righty, all right. Oh, Uranus says we're ugly. Thanks, Uranus. I am ugly. You know, my oh. wife... So my wife was away for three days. Uh, so she was away in New York with her family. And uh, she came back. You know what the first thing she uh, said when she, came, when she came into my office? There That's it not... is. Eight months. She looked at me and said, I think you're getting grayer. Holy crap, you're really freaking gray. And, uh, and so I was doing setup on the show and, you know, um, I had my headphones off and I was like looking at my highlights and I'm like, holy fuck, am I getting gray? I'm getting old shit. Then, you know, Uranus says we're ugly. So thanks, Uranus. We appreciate it, buddy. You know, speaking of gray, you are a little bit more gray than the last time I was here. You think so? You think I am? Well, I've been away for like a, like almost a month with the freaking death flu. Look, so uh, you get a little, little gray there. I'll take this. Look at that on the side. Getting a little gray. I have a great stripe or something. I'll, I'll definitely have to say I am at the post-E-Vegas week stage right now. Like, that's that's how sick I've been. What you were... Explain that. I don't understand. All right. So, like, I haven't been around because I've been literally, like, in, like, bedridden with the death flu, like, that's hitting the south, like, the south of the U.S. right now. And, like... I've just been completely destroyed. So I am at the point right now where I'm like the functioning post E Vegas, like alcohol guy. <laughs> so I'm at like the post E Vegas, like hangover for the week. And this year's uh, flu season has been very, very hard. I think was it 200 or 2000 people that actually died in the UK. Yeah, they, 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 uh, it, it was meant to happen. I imagine it's a. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, hard, it's it's it, it, it's it, two it, strains. It's, it, it's the influenza C and uh, the Australian flu. 
And I, mean, it, I think it's, it's the it's Australian one that actually kills people. I mean, it's harsh to say, but you know, I mean, that's that's evolution happening right there for you. All, all I'm Just saying say is, over here to the <laughs> to the left of me, which is that side, I'm sitting here going, which drink do I drink? I've got a, a glass of water, I've got a glass of whiskey, and I've got a uh, glass of, uh, or yeah, a large glass of coffee with Baileys in it. Which which one should I drink? The coffee and Baileys sounds good. All right. The Baileys. Yeah. Coffee and Baileys sound good, especially for the start of the show. Mm. You can Excellent. You can go onto the whiskey like a little later on, halfway through. Lubrication. And uh, since we have dedicated the entire show to the CSM minutes, uh, I think we're going to need it. Oh, the, I, think the, I think the best argument was which way to search the document best to find out how many times sort said something. Uh, I, I was literally going to say, can we not just talk a tiny, tiny little bit about Elon Musk and SpaceX? Considering, oh, okay, let's start with SpaceX. That just really <laughs> quickly, just quickly gloss. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Let's talk about SpaceX. That's very cool. I like, I like science news, and I love spaceships. So, I, I'm, I'm like, like that Apollo this kid, week. right? So, mm. if you if you need a new Tesla, you can go and pick it up in the asteroid belt. Isn't that it? So, <laughs> the funniest thing that I saw about that whole launch was the fact that someone made a um, a Twitter handle up. Um, about the um, the the center the the center stage rocket um, that was missing, and uh, was basically tweeted to Elon Musk and to SpaceX. I heard you looking for me right now. <laughs> well, well, that so, was they, they lost that right. It landed three hundred yards off a target because it ran out of fuel, right? Yeah, yeah, that thing it, pretty, it, slammed in pretty good. But hey, two out of three is not bad. Well, what I the, found uh, interesting was at three hundred yards, it splashed down. Was enough to take out the cameras on the barge, right? Oh yeah. It landed. Uh, apparently, it landed like I mean, if you want to go from imperial to metric units, like um, ideal in metric because I'm, you know, one of the better. We know. But um, yeah, I know, I know. I'm not American, so whatever. But um, <laughs> oh, cheers, Randis. Um, but um, yeah, it landed about 100 meters away from the uh, the barge at th- about 300. Uh, meters per second <laughs> so it landed pretty heavy it landed pretty hard i don't know it was like 300 meters 300 i think it was like uh, 300 kilometers an hour was it? i think it was i think it was 300 kilometers an hour and like that thing just like it just slammed into the freaking deal but it was it was pretty close but it missed the barge i mean at that speed water is basically like concrete yeah pretty much mm-hmm. You know, you know, if that's Uranus's picture, which I doubt, but is that a VHS recorder he has in the background? That's what I want to know. <laughs> this is Uranus we're talking about. It probably is him. <laughs> I, I will say this, though, about the actual launch and whatever. It actually brought a tear to my eye because I'm like, oh, my God, he's actually doing it. Like, this is this is progressing. This is happening right now. You know, like I that shit was pretty now the the biggest thing that kind of brought a tear to my eye was when that freaking uh, the fairings came off and it had the roadster and the freaking spacesuit and all that in there when i saw on the um the little lcd screen it said don't panic and i was like okay these are the guys we are dealing with right here that they put don't panic on the freaking screen that that was amazing like when i saw that i was like oh you legends so like, and when the, they and the... that on there that means they're true believers 
So the uh, so as as a child of the Apollo missions, right? Because I can remember the last Apollo launch, right? So that's kind of scary. I remember the shuttle launches, the first ones, the last ones, and all the losses, right? Now I'm seeing SpaceX. So I'm in that era that it's really kind of cool to watch. And, you know, and you see that it was really sciencey back in the day, right? And then the shuttle made it sexy because of the reuse, but not cool, but sexy. You know, it's cool technology. And I see SpaceX, and they're actually making science really cool, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh, yeah, man. So, so yeah. hopefully... This spawns tons of young people getting into this type of science, right? Because this is what we need, really, to, to make it flourish. I just love it for the simple for the simple fact that, like, it's just like so many people have said, like, oh, Elon, uh, you know, Elon Musk, like, you're not going to be able to do this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, he's, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think from a British perspective, it's like an underdog story kind of thing. And like we British people love underdog stories. We love we love rooting for the underdogs. So like, yeah, I people mean, didn't think you know. we could go to the moon. They didn't think you could return a space shuttle, and they didn't think you could do what SpaceX is doing. And yeah. uh, and this last launch was particularly cool for me because again, my wife was out of town, right? So that means I I'm I'm in charge now, right? Because the wife is out of town, and so mm. I said, "Hey kids, the SpaceX launch is happening. Let's let's go watch." And we put it on the big screen and, and we watched the SpaceX launch and everything. And, you know, I explained to them the Apollo missions and what that was and, and how Space Shuttle changed it. And now look at how this is changing the technology, right? And then we see two booster rockets land upright on a pad synchronized, right? I mean, that's pretty oh, that, freaking that, cool. I think one that, of the... Uh... The biggest things that's going to be like it's inspirational. It's inspirational watching it on like YouTube live or whatever and streaming. But it's like what happened the uh, you know the couple of weeks before I you know got sick and took a break um, is when like I go outside and I physically see the freaking rocket in the sky and it's like holy shit that's like launching from Vandenberg right now and like that was mind blowing like if i brought my wife in here right now she will tell you i was running around the house screaming my freaking head off i'm like oh my god i just saw a rocket launch blah blah, blah. like i was i was losing my mind cuz that was the first time i actually saw a real rocket launch in the fucking sky it was amazing but imagine seeing that across the entire half of a freaking country and what that could do for like kids they're like oh my god it's a rocket and then that's inspiration it's that spark by the way you're it's in this just a little bit weak right just to tone this down, the SpaceX thing is really cool from a private uh, company perspective, but from a space exploration and space activity, it feels a, li- a little bit like going from Hoover dams to Beaver dams. Well, I think I don't, I don't I, know what I, you I mean by that. I think I think it's understand. more along. I think it's more along the lines of like, you know, um, the possibility of smaller groups and smaller, you know, sort of. You know, well, not less well established, but like you know, um, not massive major players or major like big entities like having the possibility of being able to do, say, scientific work in space or being able to send something up into space is like a hell of a lot more likely and possible now because it's so because like SpaceX's idea is like with these is to basically reduce the cost of sending things into space. 
and if that if you're if you're dividing the cost of you know a certain amount of uh, kg of uh, weight being sent up, then you know ninety million is a hell of a lot less than was it like three hundred million or whatever it was. But I mean, the thing is, this isn't even like the final form. There's like this is only like the Falcon <laughs> Nine heaven. Like yeah, that's right. I just even freaking I pulled that out. But there's like I think four more variations of this thing ending off at like I think it's the Falcon Twenty, and it's about the size of a freaking Saturn Five. Like this is this is like not we're not done yet. It's gonna go even further than this. Like it's gonna get insane. Oh yeah, I, I just mean, love you're recovering the most expensive parts of the rocket and reusing them. Right, those boosters have been reused before. Uh, you know, you, you're landing something on a movable object in the ocean that is obviously going up and down with the, uh, with the waves, right? And, and a number of other things. And you're returning yeah, things if, if to you were, Earth if, on a path. If you were to graph it, right? If you were to graph the, the, the progress of technology in everything else on the planet and then uh, compare it to the progress of space activity and space exploration, we should pretty much have been... Uh, at a point where we would have uh, permanent bases on the moon by now. That's where we should be. It's just that it's been paused for almost two decades, right? Uh, so I'm not impressed at anything regarding space. I'm impressed that a private uh, actor like uh, SpaceX can actually do this, but I'm not uh, impressed at where we are technology-wise and in space exploration at all. I think uh, it's, it's pathetic. I will, I will say a part, like a part of that is... Um, you know, when the, you know, government had control of all, you know, space, all space travel and space, all and everything like that. Right. It was all, you know, the government, then they put a hold on it, but it was all like way back in the, in the you know past decades or whatever, where the, the point where private industry should have taken over, it didn't. And then it ended up stagnating. So now we're, it's, it's trying to, you know, make up time right now. So that's where I see it was like where the government should have ended and private should have taken over. There was too big of a gap. Yeah, and well, I think, I think, I think the what... problem is that the the old tech, right, the old space tech, was disseminated into uh, the the public as uh, private enterprises. So basically, all that technology was utilized to create everything we have today, technology wise, right? Except that this type of stuff needs to be big projects, big investments from governments, because private enterprises cannot do this and take this type of risk. So that's why we're yeah, seeing this. I, I, uh, think, I think your 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 statement the, has just been proved demonstrably false by SpaceX. The, right? the thing is, Caleb. The thing the thing is, like when it comes to um, governments doing this kind of thing, it takes more than a four to eight year kind of uh, turnaround in order to actually do these sorts of things, like properly. Um, and when you have governments that end up, you know, basically being um, rooted out and changed like like massively in that kind of eight year cycle um, you know you can't get much done because things get suddenly you know from a from a governmental kind of standpoint things get like you know basically shut down and changed and you know funds get transferred to different uh, you know to but, but if this had a value right are giving more if, they, if, if this was profitable if, if any of this was valuable some of the big players would have been doing it. Uh, yeah, but the, we're talking is, about a medium-sized company uh, trying this out as some sort of, I don't know, Kickstarter-like project. It's it's worthless, and they're not. There's not enough money in it. That's the problem. 
Yeah, you want to put on tinfoil hats here. So originally that freaking Tesla was supposed to go and be in, you know, a, you know, a hundred million year orbit or whatever around the sun, Mars and Earth and all that. So their intent was Mars. But now it's on its way to the freaking asteroid belt. You think that wasn't even pre-planned because it's like, oh, hashtag money, money, money. Let's freaking mine the belts. Yeah, that's no, right. I, I, just, I just threw Eve into it. <laughs> I, 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 I did. I don't think it was actually planned, to be completely honest. I think there, because there, there, there is some like relative unknowns when it comes to actually like traveling through space that most people don't te- seem to uh, understand or kind of like uh, expect. But, I, I think um, it was planned. They're going to the asteroid belts. They want that money. They want the material. They want the freaking resources. If there was money in it, someone like Lockheed or Boeing or any of the big players would have done it ages ago because they have so much more money than uh, SpaceX or Tesla. Now, why would they do it? There's, there's, there's. If there was money in it, it's it's just that there's not. There's only loss. It's it's a kind well, of worthless endeavor from well, a private. They, 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 I argue, it argue. to be. It needs to be uh, a government and a public project because you need to be able to take well, that kind of loss. The thing and, is, the thing is, Caleb. Like, there is there is a loss to every every kind of aspect of creating new technology up until the point where you make it to the point where it's low enough cost to market it and and sell it and you know to get it past certain regulations and specifications like you know if if Elon Musk didn't realize that oh you know I might have to actually pour like at least half a half a, a trillion um, dollars into the into this project with SpaceX in order to actually get something returnable. You know, he, you know, he wouldn't have gone and done what he's done. Like, that's the thing. If you if you're trying to create, if you're trying to, you know, f- you know, sort of surge forward in new technology. Like, yes, you have to put a lot of investment in, but you have to kind of have that vision and that kind of strength and fortitude to like go for that vision and you know believe that you're going to be able to actually get something out of it and get something decent out of it. It's like you just have to have the vision. He has a vision, but he also has the freaking yeah. money to do it, too. I think yeah. he's got more of a spin machine than an actual vision. Visionary projects, things that might look uh, small initially, it's it's always been governments or the military uh, throwing money at it. I don't think uh, this whole trend uh, is anything to go by. It's, it's not going to take us anywhere. Uh Tesla and Musk cannot build the permanent base on the moon or a sizable space station that's got any value of creating uh, emergent technology. This is just a gimmick. Dude, have you ever well, seen still- Elon's freaking ideas for trying to fix uh, traffic in L.A.? Like, it's brilliant, and it can be done. All it takes is actually it's fucking not. doing it's regur- it. It's regurgitating 20, 25-year-old ideas, and now we have at a point where we can at least make dummies and demos that are a little bit better. But it's not a solution. You need a lot more uh, money and investment and political uh, clout to actually do these things. It might oh, be, a, yeah. It might be regurgitating. It might be regurgitating ideas that you know have already been looked at. But it, it's not. It's it's rating on them with current technology, which you know at the time when they were basically you know seemed to be um, like you know non-functional or at least like you know uh, not you know feasible there's um, a good comment they out didn't there. have the technology and they didn't have the you know what we have today so you know iterating on past things that you know have been looked at and thought about isn't inherently a bad thing to do 
There's a so, great comment uh, out in the freaking peanut gallery. The uh, the government ran most of the space agencies, and they went bankrupt. That's from Mesa Evil. Well, not only that, I mean, Lockheed Airbus. Because they went the wrong way. They didn't know what the hell they were doing because they were just like, hey, we need to build this thing because we want to control space. All right, we did it, and now we're done. And uh, now but, we're bankrupt. Yeah, but remember, too, right? Lockheed and Airbus and everybody else launching satellites have largely controlled the environment since then, right? And it's expensive, the type of rockets they send up there, Air, uh, you know. Uh, Massive. It, it's much it's much more cost-effective what SpaceX is doing, and in fact, SpaceX has been running profitable, although not super high percents, but they've been profitable. So, I mean, that's key, profitable, right? I mean, the point is that what we need is another uh, uh, DARPA-like project. We need something like what created the Internet. We need something that is on a size that scales into something that changes society. This is just uh, a demonstration gimmick. It's not even Kitty Hawk. It's it's less than that. It's re repackaging uh, technologies and ideas that are already there and then selling them as novelty. There is nothing novel in what Tesla is doing. The electric car is a 75-year-old uh, invention. It, it's nothing new or novel. Yeah, but it's all about how you do it efficiently. No, it's about how you are allowed to piggyback on the trends that we have. And that comes down to things like the energy revolution and getting off of fossil fuels. He's just piggybacking on a trend. So now you cannot stop electrical vehicles because that is the logical step uh, to take. It, it's got nothing to do with him being a trailblazer or uh, an innovator. He's basically just repackaging some uh, Lotus uh, uh, chassis and then putting uh, the existing electric engines that's already been working for 30 years into that machine. It's not novelty. And selling it as this uh, cyber Jesus uh, guy, it's just <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Boy. We got Jackie Eve out there. I hope, I, the I hope that triggers so many people in chat. Like, I really hope that's that <laughs> so many chat. Oh my god! But you know it is what? a fanboy thing. It's so fanboy driven. It's it's worse than Steve Jobs. At least Steve Jobs came up with really novel things that that changed the the, the game and pushed the envelope. Steve I don't Jobs see that from Tesla at all. From Steve Jobs did. Jesus Christ! Steve, he stole Windows from Steve, Xerox. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs just approached the idea of a phone in the in a different way, like from a from a software um, kind of angle rather than a hardware angle. That was the only thing that he did. The only additional things that that made you know the iPhone and Apple kind of work was the fact that you know he 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 knew the power of um, premium quality premium you know products and the the idea of you know bringing in you know, bringing uh, a bunch of technologies in to, you know, and kind of merging them into one product. Like, that's the only thing that Steve Jobs did. So let's let's talk but about the, the Wright vision, brothers. But, but, he's, but he's still a visionary, though. Let's talk about the, and, the Wright brothers, man. Like, they yeah. just, I guess they just piggybacked off of fucking Da Vinci then. Hey, pretty much. Had all the fucking not really, because they actually, uh, they, they realized the project. They actually did it. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah, well, now hold Elon's hold actually yeah, but... really doing it. So hey, what makes him wrong? But he's not. He's not doing anything that's not yes, been done is. before. Hey, bottom line, the French fry was made a long fucking time ago, but McDonald's made it great. Okay? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even my friggin' dog likes friggin' McDonald's French fries. He won't eat anything else. 
All right, who just joined? Hello, All right, how's it going, brother? Stupid with the Steve Jobs adoration. <laughs> Please help us. Oh, for God's wow. sake, man. that that triggered you so much that you had if to Jobs, jump in. If Jobs hadn't had Waz, he would never have done a goddamn thing. Waz was the engineer who actually understood what the hell was going on. Agreed. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Yeah, he just had he just had he just had the 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 idea the like the scope uh, and I mean, the kind yeah. of the the thought process of like marketing presentation. It, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, let's face it, dude. I, I, I'm I'm totally with you on the anti fanboying shit, but seriously, by the time he died, Steve Jobs could have walked on stage, take to, taken a crap, pointed at it, and said, "I shit," and people would have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He could have made the friggin' human sentai pad friggin' real, but yeah, we weren't going there. People would have bought the shit, too. Like, ass to mouth everywhere. And the point is that Steve Jobs was also repackaging and stealing ideas that had been uh, R&D created by someone else all the time. And that's pretty much what what, uh, Musk is is doing now. It's just that he's not doing it in anything that's got uh, consumer value. it's, It's adventure. It's it's a waste of, 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 of value and assets. He's not going to create value of it, of anything. It's not consumer value for us. Like it's not, it's not making, it's not making the cost of like going up into space, like the same as the same as like, you know, I don't know, uh, going to the fucking next city or something like that, or taking a plane, you know, to like the, the next country, like, but you know, it brings it down to where, more companies like you know smaller entities can actually get a piece of the space kind of pie it's going to turn way. into how computers were man it's like you got you yeah. know five thousand dollars for this you know two megabyte freaking hard drive and freaking you know 56 kbps modem or whatever and then now look at where we're at right now they're cheap and everywhere it's going to be like that with freaking rockets you're just at that freaking you know starting phase except there was that pause from the government into the private sector and now it's got to you know actually speed up a little bit so- that's so it's like, still in the testing there, there, phase. There, there, like, there was a time, there was a time when mobile phones were only, you know, the only people who had mobile phones were like super rich execs, like, and now like and those were stuck in children car. have like ridiculous phones nowadays. You know, I'm going to tell you guys a story about a student program I once had, and his girlfriend came in our office and she was bitching about how much money was spent on NASA and how much of a waste it was, and he pointed at her shoes and he said. Do you like those Velcro shoes? And she said, yeah. And he goes, thank NASA. Yep. Yeah, this is why, I, I, in, in my opinion, if if we had someone like Tesla, right, or, or someone like uh, Elon Musk uh, running a, a government organization like NASA or something like that, so to have the visionaries in the, the, the government scene and doing projects on a scale that would actually make a difference, that would be positive. That would be like uh, taking us back to uh, uh, what's his name, um, uh, the the British uh, crazy industrialist guy. Well, I'm going to let us spend one more minute on this because we spent almost a half an hour. But I'm going to ask you oh. one one question, Caleb. Just one question, question to f- finalize this, right? What does it matter that the visionary is in his own independent capitalist com- company doing the same work that he would be doing? in a government agency. What's what's the real difference in value there? The, the point is that, that uh, big projects and fundamental basic uh, experimentation uh, 
always needs to be done on government or military budgets. Otherwise, they will not have uh, the the impact uh, that's needed to make a change. I, I don't know if you've I, looked at the budget costs, but there's no money to do this in the U.S. So you either do it private enterprise or it ain't going to happen. That's well, why it isn't happening. That gets, in, that gets into a whole complicated bullshit level of economics about where the money is and why there's no money in the budget for it but really Caleb I think the biggest thing you're missing there and I'm not disagreeing with you on this I think the biggest thing you're missing there is that the big innovation and the big we're going to try something massive for the good of humanity that might completely fail but fuck it should generally come from government investment because private investment has an obligation to the shareholders to show a profit. Yeah, and I'm just saying that uh, things like military budgets, if if the military actually pushed into some of these ideas, and if there was a uh, security value in it, it's pretty much what drove space exploration in the 80s, right? That was the whole uh, Star Wars project and uh, the whole... Uh, uh, space race with uh, Russia. This was what was driving innovation. And, and I know that, of course, there's an, a downside to that, but that's the scale you need to actually get something uh, out there. And that's what we got. We got all that space tech in our computers today, and it's what's driving all this technology. And King Aries, just one, one last point on this. It's not that people have to want to go to Mars. It's the a leader has to be able to inspire them to want to go to Mars. And I don't think there's people, that's one of the things that I think in terms of governments, like there's no real, like there's no real innovators, like an inspiring kind of people in government now at the moment, like to be able to, you know, move people to do that. Uh oh. Uranus is here. We've got Uranus uh -oh. and Uranus. Well, clearly the answer is you guys all need to vote me in as president in 2020. You're in. You're in. Can I be your campaign manager? You can be the campaign manager. Um, unfortunately, my, my original plan for governing has been taken by the current president. So. <laughs> and, and, what was, and what was that plan? My original plan, my original plan was basically to fuck things up so bad that there'd be a popular uprising and thus actually save democracy. There you go. So can, my captain rise up against me and become national heroes while I, quote-unquote, die in the struggle and then escape off to my own private island in the South Pacific. Can I be your uh, secretary who you have an affair with? No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm saving that for Reaver. Hey, as yeah. long as I get to date Hope picks, I'm good. All right? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Caleb is like, Caleb was like anyway. i got to look that up. i got to look up Hope picks. <laughs> right, so, so I think we've audience. I think we I think we've covered the SpaceX thing now. Absolutely. Let's Anything talk about uh, so, hopefully that's okay with Urandus because he just joined. He was gonna yeah. do something. Hashtag I believe you're talking about. What Urandus? I'm 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 with you there, Urandus. What are we with me about? I'm confused. I'm late. Well, we're going to talk oh, maybe about around the CSM us. minutes, I think, maybe. Oh, the CSM minutes. Who yeah, I heard um, Sort Dragon. I heard the Sort Dragon talked a lot, and he kind of, or, you know. He, he was playing the role of Caleb. 
<laughs> talks a that's lot about not, everything. That's not true. We still like Caleb. Oh, yeah, it's true. We do like Caleb. But that was just a gentle tease. Come on. But it was true that it was a shut-up sword. Uh, so in that, he, he was actually challenging me a little bit. Well, keep in mind, I mean, CCP's been saying that for years. Think back to the Jump Fatigue roundtable where Sort actually tried to read a question from the audience and Fozzie snapped at him. And that was just bullshit there. Oh, yeah, that was. Well, he was trying to trap him with a trick question, too. Well, still, but if it's if if you're taking questions from the audience, then it's a quest, still a question from the audience. It, it, it should be answered instead of sort. We already answered this in private. Well, that's great, but he's not the one asking. And I do so think it's that a, it's a, it's a positive Q&A, thing to, to have someone like Sort that actually points out uh, these things in a very passionate way and and basically keeps uh, poking at CSM, saying, "Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you guys are not doing your job." And I think that that's something we've been needing for a while. And of course, the the CSM has been really good. It's just they've been very uh, serious and uh, apologetic about C- uh, CCP. I think. So, as someone who has quote quote not you know read the minutes yet, because I'm representing the few people on the stream who don't read minutes, uh, what exactly were some of Sort's biggest uh, issues with the the current state? I think he was just channeling uh, pretty much all the things that uh, uh, the player base have issues with. So you can just uh, sort them by uh, Reddit posts, and that's what sort was poking at. If you could ask a question about a particular topic, he asked it pretty much. Yeah, jump fatigue, solve all the things that we've been screaming about for three, four years now. Although I would like to say that, like... um, I have gone through the CSM meeting minutes like pretty extensively with regards to how much sort activity was there in relation to everyone else and all of that kind of thing. I do think, honestly and genuinely, that sort has actually been overrepresented uh, in this document. Um, there are a alarmingly large amount of times where um, the the CSM are just you know uh, where um, comments are made um, and it's just put under the umbrella of the CSM asks, you know, and it's it's quite clear no, no that doubt. nobody... No doubt. Yeah, And, and, and to, and, to and be fair, like... right, all the things that Sword has been pointing out is just him screaming louder than Innominate or Aerith would have done. If yeah. Sword was not on there, the, 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 the name would just have been <laughs> swapped directly with Innominate or uh, Aerith. They would have asked exactly the same things, maybe in a more civil and polite way, but it's exactly yeah, the same issues. I, I think, I think no. the point being made actually stands, though, that, that it wouldn't have been, in the in the minutes, it wouldn't have been singled out as Innominate or Aerith making waves. It would have been, the CSM asked about blah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of, uh, there's actually a fair, fair amount of times where Sort's name has been almost, like, used in a multiplicative, bleh, uh, in, in, like, a, 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 a number of times to mention like points individually when they could have just been quite easily lumped into one. Like, you know, Sort mentions this, Sort mentions that, Sort mentions another thing. Like even, and that's like, that seems, uh, that's written, like noted down without even any CSM kind of uh, retorts to that, any kind of replies to that in any way, shape or form. So I think uh, what I meant is, 
what Arendis pointed out, it would have been written as the CSM asks or the CSM says. I think that's a yeah. problem with this, right? Because now readers of this document will read it as if it was just sort pointing out all these things. I think it's a big problem that the, the minute taker points out that it's sort all the time instead of it being a unanimous uh, uh, voice of the CSM, because I'm pretty sure that the CSM agreed with sort on at least 90% of all of the things that he points out. And I mean, the other, if, you were, if you listen to uh, talking, was it talking station? No, what was the show that comes on Fridays? Open comms. Open comms. Yeah, I mean, they had Sort Dragon on yesterday, and I was listening to that, and he made a point that uh, he definitely did feel overrepresented, and that the um, before he made the the entire show have the CSM hate him, uh, he did want to say that you know he was trying to you know that wasn't just him asking questions. Yeah, yeah, and it does come across it with it like. Um... There, I mean, the the thing is, it's it it does read as though um, I, I don't want to kind of like hammer at CCP for this or you know the specific person who actually put it down, but like it does read as though it was um, noted kind of in a sort of amateurish kind of way. It definitely didn't. It definitely isn't like noted down in the way that like say a. Uh, you know, stenographer would have. It, it reads as if CCP has made a uh, sort of scapegoat and uh, an excuse well, to uh, get around the issues. Is but this a, what, but what I wanted to say. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but what, what I wanted to say about that particular aspect is, you know, a, a lot of people who like maybe not read the entirety of it, but a lot of people who will kind of like read a little bit of this will kind of look at, you know, it, it's almost like a document to sort of. Uh, to detail and to show people how much effort their, you know, particular CSM representatives are actually um, putting into being part of the CSM. And when someone is overrepresented like so heavily or underrepresented so badly, like it kind of it it does portray that aspect of like, oh, that person isn't really doesn't really give a uh, give a shit about uh, you know being on the CSM. So why vote for him again? you know, in the next one. This kind of feels a little bit like a pattern that I've seen from past CSMs, like CSM 10. I don't know why. Um, that was help me understand that you're at yeah. the time. I don't know. It kind of feels like this. I could, I, I could be totally wrong about this, but like from, from what I remember, this seems a lot like from what was happening with Scion. Although I think Scion was more of a community outrage than CSM or CCP specifically picking on him. Um, but CSM, what was that, 10 back in 2015? I have no fucking clue. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My and, words and are not that, good. It's actually pretty much yeah, correct to say that it's a similar situation. It's one of the strong voices of the top level of content creators in the game basically raging at CCP. So in that, it's what Sword did is exactly what Scion did, and it's pretty much what... Uh, um, what Mittens did in the in uh, on the CSM he was on. It, it's always the strongest voice that uh, that, that attacks CCP for not fixing the thing and the fixing the game. I think you've got a long lot of strong voices on the CSM. I think um, I might say from my impression, CCP hated Scion specifically. Yeah, it's the controversial voice, right? And this might not be the best year for CCP because we there are many strong voices on the CSM this year. Jin Tan, um, mm -hmm. Aerith, Innominate, 
uh, Sword Dragon, Judge. A lot of strong voices on the CSM, and I think this is it, as far as Sion, CSM goes. With Sion, it wouldn't have just been um, the confrontational voice. Um, Sion has a way of speaking that is very. It's very flat and very measured and very calm, but at the same time, you can, if you're used to somebody who's a bit more animated in their speech, you can feel like he's getting patronizing when he's really not trying to. Um, and I, then I would agree when with he that. is, you really feel it. Um, yeah, I, I always, Sion always struck me as a really nice guy in general. And that's personal. That's not. You know, from seeing him and other things, that's yeah. No, Sion's Sion's always been a pleasant guy to talk to. You know, when I was just talking to him, but I can I can understand how people could read him wrong, and how you present ideas is always going to affect how they're received and how people perceive you. So absolutely, the um, I think you have a lot of strong voices on the CSM. I found a couple things very interesting. Specifically that the CSM in general is calling out CCP for releasing half-baked iterations in the product, right? And then never coming back to fix them or not fixing them in a timely manner. Yeah, but that's been the standard since 2003, to be honest. Yeah, but you're seeing it in the minutes. You're seeing them hit them harder on it. Um, you're seeing the community hit them harder on it, too. Yeah, but yeah, as you pointed out uh, with the technology of... Uh, how CCP actually develops, it's always going to be uh, making features, making changes, and then kind of leaving them hanging because reiterating on them is less priority than creating new features. Well, CCP has made it less of a priority. When you do sprints and you're using that agile method of development, right, you absolutely, the first sprint is to put it out there. The second sprint is to fix it. The third sprint is to fix it. What they do is the second sprint is a new Jesus thing, right? So is the third, so is the fourth, so they never come back and fix. That's the And challenge. I mean, this the issue this time around was mostly focused on what, the resource wars, right? Yeah. Yeah, which they're completely shelving now, which is... And I mean, annoying. my issue with the resource wars was it wasn't... When I think of EVE Online, I'm thinking of a sandbox game. And the resource wars seemed more attuned to like this World of Warcraft-style amusement park MMO, which is not what EVE is. EVE is a sandbox. And when you have core mechanics of the sandbox, such as your citadels, such as your refineries that still need some work, um, I think putting resources into an amusement style is just not... It's just not right. The resource wars was made for a very specific purpose, and it's a purpose that makes a lot of sense when you look at it in the bigger picture. And it's something that CCP really needed to, really needs still, to have more things that fulfill this purpose. The problem is that they ignored the feedback they were getting from high-sec players when it was on tranquility, uh, not tranquility, on on sissy and put it through in the version that it had originally gotten onto Sissy with. And so people didn't use it. There was a lot of feedback that, they, that could have helped them shape it. The purpose behind Resource Wars was, quite simply, the game retains more people if those people make connections. So, here, this is another way for new players in HiSec to meet other people. Yeah, and I think that's maybe one of the major 
problems that CCP seems to be chasing the casual players, chasing the the NPE uh, player retention, right? The, they want new players to come into the game and stay in the game. And they've been investing a lot of time uh, developer-wise on that goal, except as Sword Dragon was pointing out at the end of uh, uh, the CSM minutes, maybe that's actually going about EVE the wrong way because uh, maybe you should focus more on the high-level content creators and uh, the, the veteran players and getting them back into the game because that is what creates uh, actual activity in the game and that creates retention. What's uh, completely wrong on that? I think that it's, it's the people who are already connected. Like, if you look at, if you look at people like Asher or me or, you know, Kill it be the people who are connected and already in the game who've been here for a while who are hooked into stuff all right we're gonna stay pretty much until the servers go dark because we're invested we're human we have a sunk cost fallacy in the back of our head all the goddamn time we've been here we've got these connections we're going to stay if ccp doesn't keep people who are trying the game for the first time then two things are going to happen one, the normal attrition, as people just get too busy to play, is going to is going to whittle down the population. And two, bad word of mouth from people who try the game and quit in frustration is going to kill any new players coming in. Oh, they true. It's just that, that my point is that people that people like yourself uh, and the content creators are creating more value and more retention for new players when the connection is made than any NPE uh, casual, uh, I don't know, uh, sure. theme park-like content will. Sure, but you've got to get the people to stay long enough to make those connections. You, you, can't, you can't just say, oh, well, we'll just funnel everybody out to null because that's a terrible way to go. Not only is that a terrible way to go because... You're not going. It's not going to work. But it's a terrible way to go because if you say, "Well, we're just going to funnel everybody out toward null, towards these big wars," not everybody wants to be in these big wars, and the people who don't want to be in these big wars are going to resent the fact that CCP is basically telling them, "Keep paying us money." By the way, we think you suck. Yeah, and then and then you kind of almost baited or triggered me into the whole thing of connectivity and uh, interdependency because. What CCP has been doing for the last five years is actually creating self-sufficiency and uh, non-integration of high sec and new players with the uh, old players and the veterans, right? They've right. made and the they veterans self-sufficient. They need to go back on that and integrate the new players into the game. So going off of what Aerith said, um, as a game, or you know, if you're a game designer, uh, as far as Eve goes, Eve is a very niche title. It's a very everyone who who is even as far as horrendous, even people lower down like me who are somewhat invested in Eve but don't necessarily have those massive connections to people. Most of the people who would be in this kind of area, there are either already have tried Eve and have just you know bugged out, or they're already playing. Um, so as far as CCP wanting to keep the game alive, keeping it growing, they're going to have to branch out to that new market, and that new market is just the casual audience. Now, unfortunately, EVE Online as a core, in its core design, is very uncasual friendly, or it's very, it, it's not friendly to casuals, if that makes sense. Time intensive. So, 
it is it is very time intensive and right now when you're in this current meta of game design where uh people are wanting these quick drop in drop out kind of uh experiences and eve online's core design does not allow for that so you're basically going to have to make it more uh casual friendly the, the problem is that ccp has designed the game over the last five years to diminish the value of a, a player's active time. They've made it so that a new player, a low-skilled player, has less value than the exponentially uh, effective veteran player. So when a veteran can just dump uh, and pump out uh, five raw calls that just mine everything, then it makes the hours of work for a new player worthless. That means that the integration becomes very difficult because you do not need these new players, except for maybe uh, fuck your fleets and F1 monkeying. And that is undermining the, the, the whole integration into the community and the ecosystem. That's really nothing new, though. Like when I started playing back in even 2013, uh, you know, I guess that still falls within your five year scale that you were talking about. But still, that's nothing really new. When I first started playing, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of ships I could fly. I couldn't do anything, but I still somehow made it, you know, going around belt or in this day or back in the day when you would have like multi boxing carriers having nothing but sentry drones. Uh, you know, you still couldn't pump out that kind of money. Um, I, it's really nothing different than it has been since five years well, ago. Well, it's yeah, quite different because before 13, right, a, a mining fleet would be comprised of a mixed uh, uh, degree of, of skilled players because they all had some activity and value. What, they, what you used to do with 50 players actively in a fleet mining can now be done by one character multiboxing five ca accounts with raw calls. This okay, is uh, detrimental to the game. You would be mining back in 2013 if you were like in a massive kind of looking to grind money. I don't think mining would be your way to yeah, go. But, but hang on a second. We're already, you're already getting into advanced gameplay there, Caleb. And the reason I say that is because you're saying, you know, this mining fleet of 50 players. No, drop the zero. Okay. When I started in 2009 with my current stuff, because I had made prior attempts at you. But when I started with, with my current go-round in 2009, okay, there were people in my corp, guys that I had played World of Warcraft with who got me to come try you again, who had just been playing for a month and a half more than me, okay? And for the first three years, I always felt like I was playing catch-up because they just had that little bit more skill. They could get in battleships first. They could get into mining barges first. Five people was a large group. Five people is still a significant a, a significant size group for new players. That's where you need to be looking at the balance. That's where you need to be looking at retention. Forget fifty man fleets, five man mining fleets. Yeah, and it comes down to something as simple as uh, prior to twenty twelve or something like that. A lot of imports uh, from high sec to null sec for production was actually needed. Now, less and less of that is needed. Now, null is pretty much 100% self-sufficient, and you're seeing this in the interaction. A, a new player in HiSec has no value, really, uh, or creates no uh, need for nullsec activity, and that means for high-level content creation. This is a problem because that's a choice by CCP to remove that interdependency and that interconnection. I agree yeah. that I agree that the lack of interconnection there is a problem. Um, I don't think that we need to be looking at whether the 
the new player in high sec is hooked into the quote-unquote high-end content simply because high-end content is high-end content is almost as subjective a term as engaging gameplay it Mm -hmm. like i'd recently said on the forums ask five people you'll get eight different answers as to what that means um but they really do need to actually keep the door open to to the more casual players. The irony here is that that Eve's biggest growth phase was when it was actually one of the friendliest games for casuals because of the older mechanics that are that were clunkier than the ones they have now. And what it comes down to is back when let's let's take a look at like, you know, 2005 to 2008, okay? Because I had friends playing Eve then too. Um, in WoW, if you wanted to level up, you had to go and you had to spend fucking hours leveling up. Mm-hmm. In Eve, I log in once a day, I set my skill queue and go. That was casual friendly. Indeed. But uh, I, I, I'd, I'd like to go back to the uh, when you when you talk about things like World of Warcraft, right? If you look at something like the the resources in the game, of course, it's very different because it's uh, it's it doesn't really have an ecosystem, but if you look at something like low-tier materials in World of Warcraft, it gets m- more valuable the older the game gets. And that means that for new players, they actually get a lot more for their labor than, uh, say, uh, an old player does. Uh, and, and this has was the, the, the thing in the past with the low-tier uh, minerals, but now all this value has been undermined by the fact that pretty much veterans can just uh, pump this out themselves. This is totally counter to how you integrate a new player into the economy, especially in a game where the unique selling point is the ecosystem. Hey, I just want to interject here. Port 66, you need to come back to Penn. That's all I'm going to say. And, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is great conversation. And Wandering Profile said up earlier, right, that he has never gone into Null and he's very happy in high sec and they're all Omega characters because of what he proceeds, perceives as the uh, the view of null seckers toward high seckers, right? And I always find those comments interesting because my view of somebody in high sec is they might or might not have more fun in null sec, but if they're going to have more fun in null sec, it's going to be with a group of folks that they like playing the game with, right? That's oh, yeah. what that's that's the only thing oh. Eve needs to concentrate on. And fixing the bugs. But oh, and, and in a not-so-distant uh, d- past, right, most uh, null players had a, at least one or two accounts as high-sec bears to generate some safe isk for their uh, activities. This has been removed. This is no longer necessary. So they have disconnected high-sec and high-sec's value in safe generation of, of wealth or, or assets, and they've reduced the high sec uh, entities to near nothing the only people that play in high sec now are the ones that have just entered the game or actually don't want the risk of null sec Caleb, are you saying are you saying this um there's no need because mining with roracles is now so i'm trying to like understand your point of view yeah, you're saying this because roracles have are so prevalent now okay the 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 isk printing and the raw material uh, sourcing has all moved into null sec 
and proportionally HiSeq is now worthless. That means that there is no need to integrate with HiSeq and with new players until they reach a point where they can actually make an effort in not. And, and beyond that, if you looked at where, if you looked at what you could get out of rocks in certain areas before, not this latest round of patches, but the the rebalance, the rock rebalance, uh, I want to say around 2013 or so, around when they when they redid moons and mining then, because there was a, a minor iteration and they rebalanced which rocks had which ores and what amounts. Um, Nullsec and wormhole space was where the really valuable ores were, and those those ores had really valuable minerals. They didn't have a whole lot of trit except in the Veldspar rocks, which meant that because the people out there had limited time, uh, they weren't mining the Veldspar. They weren't mining the trit. We're importing trit from Isaac. You don't need to do that anymore. And it was funny because there's uh, like at the time I do remember that there was a lot of uh, call for uh, um, like that CCP kind of wanted to be able to make Nullsec uh, be self-sufficient, but like people were actually basically telling them like you can't make Nullsec, you can't like like basically oh, hang on, you can't basically make like Nullsec um, self-sufficient because. Like, if you make it self-sufficient, then it just basically doesn't require um, any... Like, it, there's no need for Nullsec to be able to, um, to 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 basically deal with any other kind of space whatsoever. And that's what we have today. You know. And, of course, I can see the argument for, uh, from the players that used to be forced to have high-sec alts to generate safe wealth. It's really boring to be required to have that so in, in that sense i can understand why the request was put out there to make nullsec uh, self-sufficient except that ccp then just didn't think about what that means to things like payment of balance between regions and between activities in e and that basically undermined all the interdependency you 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 lost the incentive to uh, be active in high sec or be active in in different types of space or to interact and trade with your neighbor or aggress them and take their space. If everyone has their own little faucet to suck on that can give them all the ISK they need and all the resources they need, why would you want to expand or attack or even trade with your neighbor? There's no incentive. Okay, I, I actually have to take off for a meeting, but I just want to draw something that came up in the chat really quick. Uh, Arianrod, begin. Um, I, I, I really have to agree with the commenters who are telling you that HiSec is, is dangerous um as somebody who you know lives out in nullsec where there are no rules and blah 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 right um my space is safe when i go into high sec i'm surrounded by people who are all newts and i can't tell if any of them want to kill me unless they've got an active war deck they don't need an active war deck to decide hey it's a goon i'm gonna shoot him high sec is dangerous space can confirm high sec is scary FC don't make me go through. <laughs> FC don't make me go through high sec. That that is that is so funny because that is so true, right? Um, I felt safe when I lived in a wormhole. I feel safe in null sec, even as an alt character, not even a goon character. I don't feel safe in high sec. I hate that place. I feel no, much more safe in Dell. Like, 
it's funny because like from a new player's perspective, I, I'm yeah. fairly certain when new players come to this game, they look at Nolsif and they go like, well, there's no, there's nothing to protect me. No, no kind of new, no kind of NPC kind of uh, rules to protect me from getting killed. Like this, it must be the most dangerous place. No, it's yeah, not. That's, that's the if illusion anything, of safety, right? Yeah, it's the illusion of safety. If like Kaisek has the illusion of safety, um, I mean, if anything, the 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 most dangerous place, uh, sort of uh, space is Losek. So you've got this kind of like illusion of like you, you've got a kind of illusion of safety mm -hmm. with Kaisek. You've got this absolute neg uh, negation of like safety in Losek, and then you know, our Nullsex kind of population is so Nullsex you're kind of only utopia. out there if you're already with people you know who will keep you safe. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of people in the chat are doing that, right? They're in groups of people that they like and they work well with. And that's what EVE's about, right? And I really think that CCP... I mean, there are things that CCP needs to fix. Sov sucks, jump, jump. And it's all in CSM minutes, right? Sov is terrible. So is uh, jump fatigue. They've got to fix both of those things from a critical path nature. And maybe they attention. actually need to make HiSec really safe, right, in, in some form. Uh, maybe they need to add things like uh, tether to uh, all the uh, NPC stations yeah, as well. They, maybe they, they need to add uh, tether on, on gates in HiSec so you can actually have the benefits that uh, of safety in a real way that you have in, in NullSec, right? No, I, tethering is going away. They're going to get rid of I, it. I disagree with that just on the core design of EVE Online. Yeah, but the point is that uh, traveling in in HiSec uh, should be considered safe. Having activity might not need safety, but you do need the difference in safety level. So HiSec needs to be more safe than NullSec. Yeah, but you can you can break up HiSec to rather than just being HiSec. Like you can break it up so it's actually you can provide those safe spaces in certain areas that aren't all connected to each other. Like no, but the, the point the issue, is that I, think I don't, have, I don't have an issue with with uh, being unsafe when I'm working in space. I have an issue with the fact that you have these undock uh, games where you are unsafe when you are undocked. You're unsafe when you are traveling. That's counter to what high sex should be. High sex should be safe when you're just moving around traveling in a way where no, you know no. where safety is i i, no. I think i think you should be absolutely i think you should be uh, like personally i think potentially you should be absolutely safe in like capital systems like you know 1.0s for example but if you're like, like you don't have a string of 1.0s going from 1.0s to other 1.0s you have these 1.0 kind of like little blotches and then you have to kind of go outside of that to get to the next 1.0 or don't... to get to the next kind of like to the next, uh... hey, but you missed the point that that it's important that if you want a stable high sec game, right, you need the 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 materials to be able to flow freely and pretty safe, right. The fact that it is more free. risky. It let me finish. The fact that it is more risky to do logistics in high sec than in null makes no sense. This is a problem. That means that that arbitrage is is slowed down. It means that. Uh, population uh, distribution is, is suffering. There is no incentive to move out. There is just Jita, the Forge, and the rest is just small casual activities. If HiSec is supposed to be uh, working, traveling needs to be safe. Working might not need to be safe. Of course, if you're in a mining belt, you should be able to be aggressed at all times. You should have war decks that matter. You should be able to uh, 
uh, aggress against your competitors uh, by war decking their, their corporations, all these things. But you should not be able to die in a freighter, regardless of how much content is in it, because that's just griefing. No. Don't they already and have this, this mechanic built in with freaking Concord response times based on freaking security level of system? Thank yeah, you. but the alpha means that you yeah, can't you can't pack, uh, you can't put uh, more than five billion in a carrier, then it just gets killed. Five yeah, billion is lower thing. than that's, that. That's but the, yeah, exactly. It's one bill, but you know that's that's the that's the thing. Like you know, it is safe. You just have caveats to it. Like you know, you just have a a, a kind of uh, a, a top margin for like you know, don't take you know this amount of risk in one single photo. Yeah, but for shipping in in a in in a zone that's supposed to be safe, it makes no sense that you have to pack that small right. an amount Here's into a in into a freighter because that slows down the movement of assets and resources. This needs to be safer. I'm not asking for safety all over HiSec. I'm just saying that if if you want to be able to populate more space in HiSec, if you want the secondary hubs to be active, you need to make some sort of of design choice and say you cannot gank a, um, uh, a shipping route. A shipping lane should be fairly safe. You should be able to pack 50 billion into uh, into a freighter because the percentage of, of, of uh, profit is so low that if you can't, it's going to be worthless to do it. So, so you get down so, to the roles of the ships as well. I mean, what's the point of having a freaking freighter if you can't pack the motherfucker? Well, here's exactly, the thing, and you can't. Here's the you thing, you can only put one billion in it. If you put more, you are at risk. I'm looking so, at Eric on stream, just like shaking his head, like because <laughs> no, because no, I can never no. get in a word in edgewise, right? So when you think about this, CCP has openly stated they never expected people to really stay in high sec. Also, a core mantra of the game is that you are never safe anywhere, right? So making high sec super safe isn't going to help you. Okay, they always wondered why people stayed in high sec. They didn't understand why people didn't move to null sec. That's really where they want you to play the game. And and you know what? High sec is is just fine. Okay, if you want to make high sec safer, the only mechanic you might change is war decks because it's just fucking stupid. Yeah, but the point is that, that shipping needs to be safe in high sec. Otherwise, you do not, not get the emergent no, uh, gameplay. Is, is shipping safe on the high seas in the world? Yes, it today? is. No, Except if not. you are in, 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 in low security areas, it is very fucking safe. Well, you do not have piracy. Me. I am the captain now. Yeah, because <laughs> that was totally you know what? You know what? The happened. only time that it isn't safe to ship in those high security areas is during Burn Jita. Otherwise, I, and, you're not getting ganked in Cheetah that much. And, you get ganked. Yeah, if you, no, if you same, put more than five very, billion in, in a freighter, you get ganked almost all the time. Very few percent of freighters actually get ganked. And, you know, it's only because, those because really they pack them exactly. Ones. And not even all the time. But it's, it's not, not expensive, time, right? It, it's very small uh, compared to what the need is. If you want to be able to supply more than one Cheetah, you need to be able why, to ship the fucking why, why the fuck Jita would you say more than one Jita? pretty well right now and nothing's changed. Why does Jita yeah. need to be safer when it's already pretty well supported? I, I'm, Clay, yeah. Caleb, you said you wanted shipping to be faster as part of this being safer. Why? Why would that help? I, I didn't say necessarily faster. I just said that it needs to be safer because otherwise you do not get the uh, incentive to do arbitrage and actually ship out to the 
other uh, location. That means that you are favoring centralized uh, activity to have only one Jita. Do you know, do you know why Jita works? Because it's in the center of like five different trade routes between Amar, absolutely Renz, not and because other it's place. safer, but because of its location. You know, yeah, I'm gonna put a store up location, location, location. Same on the internet, advertise the right locations, you're gonna get lots of business, right? Gita being and the trade hub makes sense thematically with the game as well, because the Caldari are all we are business essentially. So, them having the biggest trade hub. Just right next to child wise. It's convenient. It's convenient that it ended up being Jita, but like, you know, CCP have like they have stated in like, you know, in for in previous like um fan fest presentations and stuff like that, that they did try and make, you know, did try and basically sort of crowbar people to you know, use particular systems as potential trade hubs, but it never worked. And the reason why it never worked is because, you know, you're you're basically trying to, um, you know, divert a fucking torrent river, like a river, um, to of going, you know, to go somewhere else. When you know, basically, the all of the social kind of um, everyone who played the game wanted to basically, you know, have that particular. Um, trade hub there like it wasn't a case of like convenient it, it was a case of convenience but it, it wasn't a case of like you know ccp decided to make jitter be jitter like that was the, that the was point the is that choice CCP the is defending it this, uh, they are defending a monopoly you cannot effectively create secondary or tertiary hubs because shipping is too risky I'm and not, too cumbersome that, that means that you will never get any of a fucking trade hub that's Point, I'm sorry. You're, you're saying you're saying that the second biggest trade hub in the game is player owned, a monopoly because no, Mundy Q is the largest. So oh, is it? <laughs> is it now? Uh, so you're saying that the second largest player owned economy is monopoly because it's all in one place. No, I'm saying if you are if you're making it too unsafe to ship out and create off hubs, if you're making arbitrage and logistics too unsafe in high stake. You will not get secondary Jitas because it's not worth it because the 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 centric monopoly is protected by the game design. I'm I'm not talking about 1DQ because that's a player owned uh, structure and and that's totally different. But I'm just saying that if you do not make it safe to ship at least on the main lanes, you will not get any incentive to create secondary service uh, Walmarts like Jita. I'm gonna, Jita I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge. Jita, you go ahead, go ahead. Right, Jita is me. like the way it is because of the geography of how it intersects with so many different places. Then it also reaches out to Let, let's not, sub let's, smaller let, hubs. Such let's as not Rens, discuss Jita. why Jita is Jita because that's Jita a law. Jita is Jita because Jita is Jita. That's, that's literally the reason why Jita is Jita and why no, it's, it's the biggest market hub. No, it's and not. If there wasn't actually a demand in those farther out places to create one of these, you know, larger no. trade hubs. Jita, Jita was created by critical area, mass. Will, yes, because it's where it's going through the biggest places. So, yeah, but that's CCP created. It's historical. CCP, the CCP, old CCP one was created by an algorithm to randomly create solar yeah. systems. No, 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 no. The history of how Jita became Jita ties into 
the whole history of changing the highways and how things are connected in the EU. Before Jita, we had Yule, which was the Concord main station, and that was the biggest trade hub. That was nerfed by CCP, changing where agents is and where uh, the highway was. So Jita is not something that came out of natural emergent behavior. It came out of choices from CCP. CCP it came out prefer, of natural conversion uh, based on, you know, based on the, uh, you know, sort of um, the aspects of the game that CCP had created. You yeah. know, CCP, CCP would didn't prefer, go like, you know, oh, I really like the system, Jitter. How do we make it a trade hub? Yeah, CCP like, would prefer just, they, they, multiple trade hubs, right? They don't want one trade yeah, but, hub because that's a resource hog, right? But players want a single place to go get everything that they want. They don't want to fly over to heck and get some, you know, cargo containers. And then they don't want to go to Amar to go get something else. And then they don't want to go to Gita to get something else. They want one-stop shopping because their time matters. Yes, That's why and if you can't build a secondary Walmart because logistics is not safe enough, because arbitrage no. is not wor it, worth it, not, then you will not, not, not get a secondary. It's not safe enough. It's set up for convenience. People can just go to Jita for yeah, everything. People, people will prefer not to go to Jita if they can get the same stock locally. Here's the thing. But you're not going to get the turnover that sellers want. But it's not it's not cost based. It's 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 it it's the, it's, 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 it's supply. Based. It's not based on price. And there's plenty of, of, of options to create off hubs. It's just that to stock them is too costly when it's basically not worth it. Pink, Pinky really, does really also hate. point out that it's uh, part of a jump freighter route. So yeah, go on you, Pinky. I'm switching to whiskey just so y'all know. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> Caleb has yelled too hot loud, and Eric is going strong. So I'd like to change the topic. Can we talk about how? Uh, so I, I'm I'm like a greater Philly local. Um, can we talk about how Philly has been on fire for the last week? No, like, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Literally, on, on, literally on. or sports literally, or you know, like Quite figuratively, because like oh, um, no, car, car, cars are burning at least once a day. There's at least one car burning a day these right now. Hey, I will, oh, so I that will, is literally then. I'm going to commend yeah, Philly on not becoming, you know, the University of West Virginia and burning every couch under the sun after you won. That was very good. Um, good job. Philly deserved an overly exuberant uh, celebration because it's their first freaking Lombardi, and that's awesome. And they played an awesome game. Okay. And I'm on the other side of the state from you, Randa. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like, no, here's the funny thing. So we actually beat, um, the Vikings, uh, right. Like Minnesota Vikings, like the, 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 for the championship. And so I just saw, I saw a meme earlier today and it was like beer. It was like a, what was a beer mug with the Vikings logo on it. It was like the one beer glass that also won't leave rings on the table. Oh, <laughs> and I'm just like, God damn. Also, Tom Brady choked harder than a porn star. Let's be honest. That's the only real reason why the Eagles won. No, I, I actually <laughs> think that your uh, your defense played phenomenally as a as a place that loves defense. Um, even though there's a lot of points on the board, when it came time for the big play, they rose to the occasion, man. 
Yeah, I was not expecting that game to go like I was expecting it to be like 21 27. No, it got there was a lot of points being scored there. That was, yeah, it was really awesome. It was, it was great to watch a, a backup quarterback do phenomenal things, an offensive line that protected him all day. Boy, half the people don't even care about this, but yeah, um, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I'll cover that. I mean, you know, one of the guys works for me, he's from that area, you know, so we're. I'll go and fly Eagles fly my golf group. The one guy from Philadelphia, everybody's going fly Eagles fly. And because we didn't like the one guy that, you know, roots for new England, but yeah. Yeah. So, I'm taking, I'm taking four classes this semester and literally all but one of my professors canceled class on Thursday because they were all going to Philly and they didn't want to be bothered to drive back. Who, who, who <laughs> now, now, now this is important. What subject was the one professor that didn't cancel classes? Philosophy. Obviously, <laughs> smart man. Clearly, like, so for those of you, my computer science professor was just like, I mean, my computer science class is like god awful late too, so he probably could have made it. But he's like, yeah, I don't really want to be in the rush. Um, I've had season tickets, or like season passes, for like thirty years, and I, I literally just want to do this. I've never canceled class before, and I'm like, god damn it, dude, just do it. So uh, for those of you who have no idea what the hell they're talking about. The sports ball fans had a really big convention, and they all came out in cosplay, and then one of the sports ball teams won. So there you go. Solved <laughs> it. That was 100% accurate. Not really. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually really impressed that Philly isn't actually entirely on fire right now. I think the police, the, the local police did a very good job. No, I thought it was it was great. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Philly's on fire. What was it? Um, Wasn't it the uh, back to you? The 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 walkway covering for what the Ritz Carlton everybody was standing on, and he collapsed it. That was good. I like that. I just all right. Uh, I, keep on, I just keep on remembering like fucking scenes from that. And it's just dumb. From from what? <laughs> from what? people. From the fucking riots, it's just goddamn it, Jesus! Oh Sometimes no, no, no! Need we need riot. to send you some some pictures of the riots from those, West Virginia University. When, yeah, when yeah, those are not riots. What happened in Philly is not a riot. That is, no. in fact, a celebration of a mass celebration. If you want to see Philly riot, um, then you should look at what <laughs> Chicago looks like when it was burnt down. Yeah, I, I can't hey, like the hundreds burnt down or more recently. Hey, we're clear. Uh, when Cleveland won the friggin', when they won the NBA Finals, they didn't burn down fucking Cleveland. It's because Cleveland already Cleveland's was actually, burned down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's already <laughs> shitty. Well, it can't make it worse. You yeah. would never notice. Actually, Cleveland's come a long fucking way. I mean, there are some. Yeah, are it's really easy to come from a piece of shit. It's pretty easy to fix that. I've been to. Cleveland. Based them for breeze. It's taken care of. I've been to Cleveland. Even your strip clubs don't look good. They look like freaking you know <laughs> double wides with black paint on them and purple. Yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of funny because the topic between me and the wife was strip clubs this morning. <laughs> Although much rather no. go to the gay bar in Columbus. <laughs> but they uh, they do Columbus is fantastic. The um, oh, it's amazing. the uh, they do have one good strip club in uh, Cleveland. What Silver Horse? No, I forget what it's called. <laughs> I forget what it's called. It's been freaking decades since I've been there. So I refuse to go to strip clubs just because, like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't find any enjoyment out of it. But, like, I, I'd much rather just go to a gay bar because I think those places are a lot more fun. 
I don't. I don't have a lot of fun at gay bars. Play better music. Uh, I'll bring. I'll bring my girlfriend too, and she'll just be like, she gets into it as well. It's really fun. Play better music. Uh, oh, that too. Better music. No, there was there was a bar in Kansas City when I was dating my wife, and um, what was it? Uh, they stamped your hand as gay bar when you came in, right? When you came in, but it was just like a normal nightclub with better music. You're right on the music thing. Uh huh. Yes, digital. Before you say, uh, yes, I do bring my girlfriend to a gay bar. It's awesome. <laughs> I guess technically I did too. That's kind of funny. I've never taken her to a strip was club it, though. She, she was, was tried it, real hard, Eric. You tried. You know what? Eric, you have Eric, to get was her it the like right a Filip- Was it like one of those Filipinos girls who have dicks? What is that? What you're talking about when when you said technically? Never mind. Okay, uh, I, that I, wasn't I, actually I, a gay <laughs> bar. That was the problem. There's a lot yeah. of gay guys. It was, I, I didn't see very many gay people there. It was just weird. So, Cis people ruin all the gay bars. Nah, yeah, probably. Of I course, King City it. doesn't have lots of... You run this. God damn it. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, you go to those overseas <laughs> freaking strip clubs, you get trapped. No, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get my wife at the right level of drunk to get her to a strip club, I think. Yes. You, 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 you just, she just kept stealing drinks from you. That and was too that far. was not the right level. She went. That she was went too much. Too far. That was way so, over. So well, drinking the problem drinks. is she stole like half of your drinks. You would put them on the table, and then she would drink. Hell, it is like next to Vegas. I'll bring the wife out with me, and then we can all go out to friggin' whatever club or whatnot. We'll do something. Friggin' Vegas gay club or whatever. I'll go listen to good music. We will do something fun, and we'll take a big group of people to do it. Maybe we'll even get Caleb to come out to Vegas, even though he says it's too expensive oh, yeah. to come. But you know, oh, Caleb can come out. Yeah, CCP announced like so. This is the last Eve Vegas and Eve Fan Fest before they start doing like the Fan Fest on the road, right? Yeah. Have they yes. announced where? Because they said they were going to still do Vegas, still do Iceland, and um, fuck, I forget that one city. In Europe. I think they said uh, that they were going to do something Amsterdam? like near Atlanta or whatever like that. Well. Was it? Yeah. Well, have they announced yeah. what it was going to be on the East Coast? Was had they uh, say? I, it I don't think they have. No. If they had, I would have already booked a hotel because I I could afford to do that. Yeah, like, I can't same. do Vegas again this year. I, 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 oh. I think I heard some rumors, and I, I have no idea where I heard the rumors, so don't act like they're at all real. Say what it's but I, but I heard something more toward the Florida area, perhaps um, Atlanta. Yeah, I would have suggested, you know, <laughs> Florida. Uh, I, yeah, Jacksonville. It's unfortunate that I can't suggest Philadelphia because Philadelphia, one, the, the Philadelphia International Airport is shit, and two, the, um, the Philly just does not have a very good bar scene. Uh, it's going to be in Orlando with the Orlando Convention Center. There you go. Tampa's, Tampa's got a lot of clubs. They might do it in I, Tampa. I said that kind of starkly, but the Orlando Convention Center is really nice, and there is a shit ton of room. Might be too expensive, though. Yeah, I don't know if they could... Uh, pay for it it's just at one of the disney resorts so speaking of uh speaking of fan fest one of our uh, older guests when we had uh you know when it was back when the whiskey gaming show was on uh i got in touch with uh the space pope himself max singularity six first of his name god rest his soul um it's confirmed i can't say that <laughs> what the fuck dude are you trying hey, to kill space pope no no i confirmed it um and uh, Caleb, are you coming out to the uh, wedding at FanFest? Oh, of course I am. 
Yes. So you know, actually, you might be able to stream it depending on what the time is. Hey, hey, I got a, I got a, I got a request of you. Okay, here's what I want you to do after uh -oh. you get hitched. Okay, again. Well, again. we're already hitched, but it's I said again. I said again. Right. I want see how, how ask your wife how much I have to pay her. Okay, to put on some red lipstick and go kiss the Eric thing on the uh, on the uh, monument and then take a picture of it and send it to me. Dude, she'd probably do lipstick. it for free. All right. I, 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 I was going to ask you to mail me a, a rubbing of my uh, my name. Oh, a rubbing would be good. Yeah, we'll, well send him a package. That sounds so bad. Somebody's going to take Over, that out of context and make a meme out of it. Here's the thing. We've already, uh, uh, we're actually doing a cosplay thing with it, too. We're already buying outfits. So we're actually going to freaking RP it up for that day. Oh, nice. Ew. No, but seriously, seriously, RJ, I need I need the, like, crayon rubbing from the uh, the thing. Like Cindy I'm Weeaboo and I'm finding you it know, disgusting. You you are you gonna be uh you you gonna be coming as a male exotic dancer then? I totally could. There you go. Do it, you wimp. So this actually man. probably confirms the location now because we've been trying to think about where the hell we're gonna do it. Since so many people want rubbings, we're probably gonna end up doing it now at the freaking monument. Everybody You're gonna rub the monument? Okay. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna rub the monument, I'll have the wife kiss Eric's uh. freaking the new sport or the new sexual position is called rub the monument yeah rub, rub the, the monument. monument i just i hope the weather is pretty good out there and it's not Sports you know snowy way. well did you see the picture at the freaking monument it was instead like of, literally a skating rink around it it was all ice instead of cake they'll be shoving shark in each other's mouths it'll be beautiful great oh yeah it's just mm, yellow shark. snow cone we'll eat whale i want to try whale Speaking of exotic food, this might not be like exotic for a lot of you, but I've had, uh, I recently went out and I got some rabbit stew. Oh, that's good stuff, oh, man. Some of you might not think that's very exotic, but like, I guess some In of you. In West Virginia, might. that's yeah. big, especially if it's on the road and already been warmed up. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, and this was, this was fresh. Like, I can't believe you got through that. My friend has a, a hunting bow, and he just, like, in his backyard, he just killed a rabbit, he brought it in, he skinned it, and he, was, he like, texted me, he's like, yo, dude, uh, stew on rabbit, it. rabbit mm. stew, and I'm like, fuck. Some taters, some carrots. French fried taters. Gotta put some rosemary in there. <laughs> no, it'd be good. No, actually, <laughs> yeah, we bought a rabbit once in college and tried to cook it up. It's pretty good. Yeah, nah, you, got, you gotta get them fresh. The you gotta get it fresh, dude. Like uh, freshly is, killed. Is, Kill it yourself. We, Killing it yourself is actually half the fun. Yeah, well, we we went to college in the city. I don't like the cleaning city. them. That's a lot of slightly dark, but okay. Went to college in the city. Not a lot of rabbits running around. So I'll, 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 we'll just take, take a day trip out to the subs. Although, all takes is four fingers although, to skin a rabbit. I have this one pesky rabbit that I've already caught once and took three miles away, and it's come back. In my yard here, so you bring that bow oh, out here. It, it likes I can, I can bring one of the bloodhounds up there. They'll take care of it. Get the hunting dogs out. Well, clearly it's trying to actually get in and into the pot. So, you know, just, you know, help it out. And what's up, Doc? What you cooking? <laughs> Those are some of the best bug bunnies. Oh, fan fest is going to be fun. Yep. You have fun at FanFest. I'll see you at Vegas. I will. I, I, I am attempting to be able to go to Vegas this year, but I doubt I, it will happen. I said we're going to go like this. Say again? Iceland, you got, if you guys Vegas. do like a group Iceland, kind of booking. 
Where's Sam McLeod? If you guys do a group booking, I'll definitely, definitely come. come to so work. we figured out how to get the British guy out here is Vegas. if we do a, a group hotel uh, suite thing. Oh, well, British guy shows up. there are already people that once the date's announced are setting up group rooms at the Cosmo and Planet Hollywood. Nice. So you're, yeah, we, yeah, they're group rooms. So yeah, we had a big group room, didn't we, this year? Dude, that was oh, fun, yeah. man. We need to do that again. Well, just you know what? I can, and sweet. I can see what it costs just to buy one and and see what that is and see what it would run us if we all just pitched in. But yeah, it was it was just really nice to just kind of go back and still just chill out with our crew. And you know, we're totally down with that freaking idea of you know not buying the actual tickets for the event and just going around and partying with all the eve nerds yeah no, i just want to party with games at the pool and drink and that's that's all that's all it's worth doing anyway like i i don't think i'd ever buy a ticket again i, I mean we could get a fucking shit would you really want to actually buy a ticket to the event and just like just get a hotel room with a bunch of goons and then just you know just party well, so what's the point of buying the ticket when i can use that money to buy more alcohol yeah, to get drunk exactly. goons to hang out i exactly. made out pretty well I didn't. So, so we'd spin it on in and out at 4 a.m. Yeah. So I've I've never actually been to a goon party. I've not done my oh, you my, my, not done my good deed as a goon to to make it out to one. You ran I'm just, still waiting. Just, I'm still waiting for. I'm still waiting to actually be 21 because I'm only 20. I'll be 21 in November. So there's the problem. goon party. Uh, I don't I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't feel like like bringing out my fake ID. I'm pretty sure if your Randis showed up so. to a goon party, he would just be handed alcohol because of. I, no, 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 no. So we like, what do you guys drink out there? Are you guys can. like? Do you guys normally do vodka? Are you guys doing Everything. beer? Everything. For me, it was. So, like, uh... so it wouldn't be. So it wouldn't be like. It wouldn't be like looked bad if I just brought like a handle of or a handle of two of um, Everclear and just. Dude, I was I was jacking cokes the, the entire time. Large. You can't bring it to the bar because we're hanging out at a bar. Uh, but sure, sure, bring it to the pool. Port sixty six goes his jeans are twenty. Does My that mean your, your jeans are twenty years old? Is that is that what you're saying, Fort? I don't I don't understand slang I, anymore. I've determined I'm old. Ah, I don't Ray. understand pop nice references. So uh, no, um, I would say I mean. We had alcohol delivered right to the room. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's, as well as bacon, bacon just bacon, right to that. Bacon, some quality bacon. bacon. That's that. That is actually Eve. That is Vegas. Eve Vegas bacon that is on our intro. That is the actual bacon yeah. that uh, Scythe made for us one day. I am the bacon lord. So, I, hope you, I hope you've been paying attention to my freaking uh, calendar posts. I have, but I haven't. Not, I haven't I'm cooked anything like for dinner in uh, 180 days to like bacon. I, you know what? Caleb has the the bottomless um, carafe of coffee over there. I have watched him drinking that coffee for the last hour and a half. I, I just cool made, I made a full pot, pot for the show. <laughs> I just made. I have two pots going right now because I'm going to take a giant like. The gallon-sized Yeti bottle full of coffee to game night tonight. So, been, so, oh my god, I've been cutting back on coffee, and like I literally just had. I only had because I've been trying to cut back. Just cause it's like I've tried the let's not do coffee for a month, and then I died. I had to yeah, resurrect no, no, myself so see, by eating grounds. I've had, I've had two this morning, and I'm feeling jitters because like I'm just not drinking enough, and like I've seen Caleb uh, just take like cup after cup, just like 
Oh my god. See, I'm like the complete just opposite. Warrior spirit. Drinking, uh, I've been so, drinking tea for like the past year because like coffee was making me too shaky. And I just like for the past two days, I've had coffee and I'm shaking like a leaf right now. Man. Are you moving to the UK? I like tea. Tea is nice, but I drink tea Earl Grey hot. Mm, I just drink black tea. Little, I, I like a little milk. bit of sugar in the Earl Grey, actually. I put tea. I put sugar in it. Who puts honey milk in into their sh into their tea? like honey? I do. It's good. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to tea. Like, I'll just take the leaves and just like no sugar, no no fancy stuff. Maybe some honey if I'm really feeling it. But like, I like just black tea with honey. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like, you know, if you if you have Earl Grey and you have milk in it, like that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, that is Personally. gross. But you that's know, I'm, I'm I'm I like to say I'd I'm a traditionalist with my tea. I like to dump it over the side of the boat. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Hey. I like it with yeah. ice in a glass with lemon. You see that bee right there? <laughs> so no, um, no, that's kidding. I want to. I just want to, just for a second here, interrupt and say I want to direct everybody to the CSM minutes, page thirteen, paragraph number four, when they all talked about Eve master accounts, and followed by everyone agreed that this would be amazing. I feel very vindicated in talking about um, this. Professor, I, I didn't good. see this on the syllabus. Um, I'm going to have to ask that, you know, we get a reference link to this paper. Sorry, it's a pop quiz. Get over. So I, is, I did, I did. I think Page I might have heard a little bit of this. Paragraph four. <laughs> this, this is, this oh, is just told under, you where it was. I thought. Of your Murphy Schmoot physics book. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that's such an inside joke from my high school years. It scares the shit out of me. I think they were talking about this on Eve Scout last night when I was driving home from work. So, yeah, they, I mean, you talk about wrapping all your accounts under one master Can, account, which is really oh, super. Oh, that, would, uh, that would be pretty interesting. I have something I want to ask that if everyone has watched it yet or not. Has everyone seen the fucking Han Solo trailer? Yes. Uh, yes. It looks good. Yep. If you watch the Super Bowl, you saw it. Fucking! I don't watch that sports ball crap. Hold I was it, watching hold anime in my house. I have a very serious mm, question. Anime. Do we think that women need their own Doritos that don't crunch as much and are smaller? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! I, I think I do. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And I, I need I need that in our lives. So, how many have actually watched uh, Altered Carbon? I have finished so, it Tuesday, Wednesday. Finished it Wednesday. I don't have Netflix. Well, Isn't well, it like well, marathoning uh, Blade Runner for twelve hours? Yeah. It, I'm like, okay, so this is like Eve Online and Blade Runner, and the guy is not as good as Harrison Ford, and I kind of thought he was the guy from Vikings, but he wasn't, and it confused me. And, and exactly, the, the Eve aspect of the whole cloning and clone jumping stuff was amazing. I was just Dude, sitting oh, there no, just that clapping. World is awesome. I, I <laughs> love how they did not explain shit that was oh. like, oh, here's a term. You don't need to know what it means because it's just a, a thing. You don't need to know about it. It's not important. It's just what we call this. You know, I love, I love, I love that approach. Master accounts get all your four hundred accounts hacked in a single go. Well, see, that's when that two-factor authentication comes in, and yeah, you get your. I got that RNG from yeah, no, Star speaking, Wars. Speaking of master accounts, like on bringing this back on track, that that's actually really that's yeah no, I only have three accounts, but yeah, that would be really helpful. I like that idea. Yeah, and uh, Eric and I was uh, talking about this almost a year and a half ago, the whole thing of unified accounts, right? So yep. it, it, it should also be for the other brands, right? So the other games also have the same top-level account. 
Yeah, like, and so this is one thing. I, I guess this is just something that is just, just as because of Eve's age. But like, I've always wanted just to not have like so many different accounts and just be able to launch different characters from the same account um, at the same time. All and you know, not have to pay like the separate um, or not have to pay separate. Uh, what is it? The subscription fees for like different accounts and just like be able to pay you know maybe thirty dollars a month to get two characters training and being able to use them at once. I don't know, but all from and the same account. So and it's so, an example of what CCP seems to be failing. They they fail to utilize and develop on things that are unique uh, for Eve, right? The Plex thing could easily have been unified. So uh, all the games, so Gunjack and uh, Valkyrie and uh, all, all the brands that they develop should be under the same, say, shared virtual economy. The fact that they don't is just, it's just a loss, right? Because they would have so much benefit from using the same system for all types of, yeah. uh, of value. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, Let's, um... didn't they try that with Dust514? Uh, and, you know, they tried to link up the economies far as capsuleers would make the shit that the infantry uh, would need. But I don't necessarily agree But that's not monetization. That Arandus, that's yeah. not okay. the monetization. So you mean mostly just like as far as Plex goes and how? Yeah, started. because that's that's the interest for CCP, right? Sort of that, like that's gold their money. Yeah, that, sort of like let's gold not... transferring over in World of Warships. Yeah, let's example. not overcomplicate this for the for the users out there because always already some questions. the The original concept of unifying your accounts under a single master account, right, was the fact that for each sub that you pay, you can have one of any of those characters online at the same time, right? So if you have nine characters and you've got uh, three subs within that, you can have three, any three of those nine online at the same time was the original concept. Now, somebody also stated, I don't want all my accounts under one, right? Same, same thing, right? You have an email address. Maybe you put two of your accounts under one and you put two of your accounts under another. All... All work, right? Depends on how you want to do it as a user. But yeah, and, and, and how you want to uh, compartmentalize and spread out your accounts and how many uh, characters you want on each account. That's something that's up to the individual. So the whole, oh, I don't want that. Yeah, but it's not about whether you want that. It's whether it's a useful uh, development and whether it creates added value. And it would definitely create added value for a lot of the things that people are using their EVE account for. And the fact that you're limited uh, to three is ancient code and it's really bad and should have been fixed long ago. Yeah. I mean, I, it could very. Go ahead, McLeod. Um, I mean, th there's been a few people who have actually kind of, you know, are, you know stated about. And it has come up on the um, in questions to um, CCP devs as to you know why can't we have like the ability to like not quit the game but just log off one character and log another character on, and it always seems to come down to this kind of you know arcane kind of code that is still limiting people to three accounts per or three uh, you know characters per account. Like I think you know, I think if you go get back... rid of that. But in the past, didn't World of Warcraft have, have a similar thing where you had to almost lock all the way out to be able to log in a new uh, character? I think it's it's something to do with very old architecture. Well, most games do. Most games do have this limit. So, I mean, 
we're saying but shouldn't. and again is that something really that's that part or would that be would that kind of a feature be that utilized that it or would that make players lives that much easier that it's worth developing or worth taking developers to uh figure out the old code exactly yeah well, again uh, if you if you consider the added value to uh, the benefits if you do the the unified account where you add the other brands as well and integrate the the plex economy on all uh, vanity-based things and all monetizations for CCP, I would definitely argue that that would make it worth it, right? Because if if I can pay my Plex uh, for uh, Valkyrie and then lock my main Caleb character into play Valkyrie uh, or log into play Gonjack, this just makes it so much more casual friendly to uh, utilize payment. So Noisy doesn't understand the fascination with a unified account, right? So, and here's where, here's where it came from, from my perspective, Noisy, is that, you know, I pay for whatever is it, five, seven accounts, whatever the hell it is, right? Um, and I have a lot of those accounts that sometimes, you know, I want a Sino alt that's on an account on a ship that I'm flying, right? Rather than rearrange everything all the time between those accounts. Hey, I pay for seven accounts, you know, I've got 21 characters. I want to log or train any one of those 21 at a time. So today I have three characters. I can only train one of those three. Well, maybe I want to train two of them and maybe not train on one of my main accounts, right? So it's really a concept of slots versus training slots and activity slots versus anything else. Now, Caleb takes it to the next level and he wants to integrate it across the world. This is a perfect example where a agile comes in, right? Your first sprint is just to get it to work on Eve, maybe put some of the logical hooks in there that you can extend it in the future. But yeah, I mean, that's really where I think, I think I think my argument is that something like Valkyrie might have been a, a, a much larger success if there had been an option to, say, I, I, I pay that. for access with Plex, right? I, I, yeah. I get that, I, right? Also... But that's, that's an add-on charge. That's not going to be your monthly normal, right? Hey, if you want your core characters to also get into this... Right, that's the money maker. You have to add that charge in. And I mean, like in my kind of what my ideal situation would be, and this is just like I should be able to log on to Eve and say, okay, I want you know two characters to be training, and so then I pay thirty dollars a month or something like that, two times fifteen or whatever. Right, uh, and then I could log on, you know, two characters at a time and keep two characters training at a time. That's that, that's a, but that's that's me. I, I yeah. think the best part of this entire conversation is Eric is not exactly sure how many accounts he has at this point. <laughs> he's not even CCP money. Accounts. There's like six accounts sitting there. He's just paying for them every year and just has no idea what they're doing. Yeah, Eric, how yeah, many that, do you have there, big boy? That, that might be true that I've sort of lost track and I have no clue <laughs> what I pay for. I have two accounts out there that have characters on them I want back. I just don't remember either a the email address or the username for. It's like I get either. a yeah. It's like Whatever. I get a bill from the club and I'm like, did I spend all that money or not? There's there's just no way I'm gonna probably know. Gonna just, the answer is probably Eric. We found your name on the uh, monument. I I know where it's at. Yeah, there's the monument it. search on there. Row seven, column twenty. There you go, baby. I don't Drink even more whiskey to help you remember. It, he's not wrong. It's uh, co uh, it was the get to the same cognitive state. Uh, if you were drunk when you made that account, you should be drunk while you're trying to find him. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'm actually rarely drunk. Just get to the tipsy face. Yeah. One of my accounts was made when I was like 
17. I don't remember what the fuck happened to that one. My booster alt account. I think my first one Need was that back. made early, like January, like second, 20, 2006. Yeah. Oh, and uh, a newsflash. Uh, CCP God just uh, tweeted that uh, Seagull is actually back. Hey. Yay. <laughs> Congratulations, the CCP Seagull, for having her beautiful baby. And Returning. thank you for you know your maternity leave. Now, please get back to work and let's let's drive this game to a better place. Hashtag shit's about to actually get done now. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Passive aggressively. Seagull, can we get stuff done now? No. I, I will say, if you haven't read the meeting minutes, they are long. Um, but they are very interesting if you read some of the very, you know, more interesting pieces like a master account and two-factor authentication and risks there and things like that. Also, the fact that I feel the CSM is pushing back on CCP to uh, fix on some of the iterations rather than trying to look for the next big thing to release because they're getting very much into a mode where hey, they're releasing this really God mode solution thing and then they don't touch it for a year and then everybody's like, well, I don't freaking like it and I'm hating the game because this is buggy, right? I just think it's weird that they seem to be underestimating the value of actually solving the top three things that everyone in EVE is crying about. So things like the solve thing, uh, the the jump fatigue and... and, and the whole uh, distribution of, of, of wealth, right? These three core issues have been brought up again and again and again, and pretty much everyone agrees. It, it's uh, even Grath, Telkin, uh, and Innominate, and Aerith, and Sword. When all these people agree, you know that this is the point you need to, to look at, and this is what you need to fix. Well, I the think they is, actually the voted in here, and I'm trying to find it on what they wanted to accomplish. Yeah, there was a vote thing, but I, I I do kind of think that yeah, you know, when you have that that kind of uh, agree of you know agreement across you know the entirety of the game and the entirety of the political kind of spectrum in Eve, yeah, it is very obvious that you kind of need to fix stuff. But you know, the other thing is, I think CCP kind of looks at those particular problems as being like absolutely colossal, you know, amounts of work, you know, uh, you know, sort of time sinks. Uh, for dev time but to be completely honest like i think when it comes to those sorts of particular things like the especially when they're sort of balance related um you know with regards to the solve changes and that kind of thing like i i think most people would prefer to have many smaller iterative changes rather than you know nothing for like six months and then like a massive overhaul well, I mean, none of us know what the fuck's going to happen, even, even CCP. Well, the cadence is two months now, right? Well, that sounds right. I'm going I'm to challenge Noisy in there. The only thing is, people said Sav needs changed, but also they said Fozzy Sav is going to suck if you do it the way you plan to do it, CCP. So they all they, agreed on those they, two they things. They also never right. really... The the idea of um, Fozzysol was yeah it, you know the the this particular you know first first pass on Fozzysol was gonna suck for people who own space 
um, it might it'll be a little bit uh, you know a little bit uh, attacker kind of biased. But they did say they did say at the time like, but you know we're going to be adding things to help you guys defend your space and you know enrich your space. And we've had a little bit of that, but nowhere near what you know CCP you know were promising us you know, with regards yeah. to. And I think one of the thing. biggest issues is CCP has made so many sandbox changes over the last mm. eighteen months. And when you make massive sandbox changes, like something or core soft, uh, like a soft mechanic rework or a structure rework. And you're not revisiting that at least once every three months. And again, these, uh, I don't, CCP probably doesn't have enough uh, development um, as far as time. They probably don't have enough developers to work on that kind of stuff. But again, it's these kind of, when you make these large sandbox changes, these are things that you need to be addressing a lot faster than I think what CCP has. And I think this is either because they simply, A, don't have the resources available to them to do that, or their priorities are just not straight. Yeah, and, just, and, and let's I'm, go Let's go to their vote. I mean, the top five issues based on the uh, votes of the CSM to deal with are, number one, nullification. Got seven votes out of the CSM. War Decks was number two with seven votes. Faction Warfare had six votes. Fatigue had five votes. And Dedicated Balance Team, which CCP keeps promising soon, right? Got five vote, votes. So that's what the CSM sees as the major, major issues. You'll notice that Sav is not in the top five. Well, the the this thing is there is the thing there is that nullification um, actually affects Sov because one of the aspects of Fuzzy Solve mm -hmm. was the fact that it was going to, you know, um, constellations were going to play a larger part in you know in the sovereignty kind of system. Um, that doesn't really it, does, it you know and and when you're dealing with like constellations. And groups trying to sort of get it, you know, sort of um, play that strategically. What you have in constellations, um, for the for the large part, are choke points. And but the thing is, choke points doesn't mean a thing if the fleets that are going in and dealing with, uh, you know, attacking Posisov or attacking atta attacking Aegisov um, are, you know, uh, nullified fucking claws. Um, with either you know either fuzzy claws um or you know a nullified scepter with a fucking zyno it it, sure. it means yeah. that it means that choke points don't mean a thing which means that you know a large part of the interesting interplay with sov just doesn't exist yeah great argument yeah i mean it's it's interesting and, and nullification is something that they need to address greatly there were a lot of things that they that they have in the CSM minutes, um, particularly the discussion on nullification and fatigue are, are both very interesting. It seems that CCP thinks that the fatigue issue is much easier for them to address because they can address that by turning some knobs. But there was yeah. some interesting sub-discussions within that part of the, uh, the minutes that when they discussed things like making jump gates potentially not affect the uh, subcapitals that use them in relation to fatigue. Yeah, that's that's because that starts to impact force pro uh, projection. Like, yeah. I, I kind of see, I, I like the where they're going with that, but I wouldn't remove it entirely. I'd just like mm -hmm. reduce it to like, say, 
you know, the equivalent of what you would be doing with uh, like a, an industrial, for example. Yeah, and, and yeah, they mentioned that too, because it might make the defense of a system have too much of an advantage. And the other thing they, they talked mm. about in relation to force projection was perhaps taking away fatigue as it affects the jump and make it impact like in super capital and capital fleets, right? Make it affect the uh, stats that the, uh, you know, make it a negative stat impact to the fleet that is jumping so many jumps. So as they get further away, they get more vulnerable um, and can't output as much DPS and things of that nature. I so, guess I have to run. Yes. I will see y'all. See you, Scythe. Thanks, Scythe. This, it, that really is, as far as jump fatigue, CCP does want to keep that as more of a numbers situation because it's a lot easier. Like, if it's a lot easier to change a number. But when CCP doesn't want to have to face the systematic and the, the scope of the problem that I think jump fatigue has created for a lot of uh, long-term players, I think. Um, and I think that's a big issue when CCP is just not wanting to tackle the, the larger scope of the problem instead of just trying to keep it to a numbers thing. I think a lot of people are missing out on the core problem with what jump fatigue is uh, in its design. It's artificial limitation because fueling is not a limiting factor. Yeah, but making yeah. it from a fueling aspect makes it harder because we can game that almost in every case. Well, oh, yeah. that, that's, 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 a, that's up to, to design on diminishing returns and, and, and resource availability. I'm just, po I'm just trying to point out that, that it was brought in because we basically had unlimited fuel for this force projection. There was no sink on, on that level and that, that type of activity. And that's the core problem, that instead of adding some sort of fueling and realism into the game, they put in a, an ad hoc limiting factor that actually everyone just hates. And so, because it can't be gained, it's not even a, something that creates emergent gameplay. If, at least if you game it and if you try to uh, add activity into resource gathering and fueling these things, at least you have some activity. No, what you have is the people who are best at gaming it win. And you've had which the, are, which are the issues. Wasn't uh, this was a long time ago, so this might not have actually happened. But I remember when I first started playing, wasn't CCP trying to um, reduce the amount of ice that was available to in order to restrict fuel? But that didn't really do a whole lot, if I remember right. And 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 that just proves the the problem, right? CCP seems to be turning everything upside down compared to uh, if you look at realism, right? Instead of making it possible to fuel things uh, locally, they made it possible to produce things locally. That means that the sink is all on destruction and not on upkeep. So there's just something fundamentally wrong about the way that, that CCP is trying to add limiting factors to the game, at least when it comes to comparing to intuitive experience from real life. As far as... Yeah, that that actually fights against a core game design theory, which is you should usually try to do what works for the game, not what makes logical sense. But I mean, even if CCP were to do something to limit the amount of fuel that could be mined at this point, there's still probably enough fuel already in some people's hangars that they could just freighter it around with a bunch of super capitals and keep them fueled for a year or so. I think I think my argument is actually the opposite around this because I'm trying to say that CCP should try to focus on adding more cost on upkeep 
So it, it gets to a level where it's competitive or comparative to destruction, at least uh, in, in a scenario where we have so little co uh, contested space and so little incentive to fight. Then we need something to sink out assets and, and activity in space. And if you don't put that onto upkeep, then there's no destruction and there's just more and more assets and value creep in the game. So make it more expensive to fuel structures and capital ships, essentially. Make them consume more, make fuel more expensive. Yeah, so, so, so it has a diminishing return. That means that if you are trying to force project like crazy, then it has an extreme added uh, cost in fueling. That means that all that value is then pushed somewhere else. So at least there is some loss all the time of a proportion that makes activity valuable. Didn't they just double the cost? Yeah, but it doesn't the add the whole point of uh, things like point of no return or uh, distance of uh, uh, of projection. It, it's it's still arbitrary. It's it's not effective enough. I don't think you could do anything to honestly re to make a, an actual hard cap as far as a ship could jump. I mean, the current the hardest cap you can do is until you run into a sob fatigue timer, but. Even if, or even if fatigue wasn't a thing, you know, I think people would still be smart enough to put fuel along the way so they could still refuel, and that jump range of being arbitrarily large is just never going to change as far as, you know, people are smart enough to keep their logistics up. Uh, the point is that in, in ecosystems, right, there's always this natural effect of diminishing return, and it seems as if CCP does not understand this fact, that this needs to be in a game that's based on an ecosystem. They have all these exponential growth things, which is not effective. It, it actually destroys the balance of the entire game, that you jump further and further per unit of fuel. And this is wrong. It should be the other way around. And that, that goes for everything in the game. It, it's all scale. So instead of getting a little bit more and a little bit more, uh, and then uh, eventually it, it, it pans out or levels out, you just have this effect from, uh, say, uh, a mining uh, barge, and then a rock will just proportionally and exponentially just mines more and more. This is wrong game design from an ecosystem perspective. I am failing to see your argument here. I, I am confused as to what you mean by um, diminishing returns. I'm not sure if you're trying to say that a hauler or that a, a mining barge should mine uh, not exponentially as much as say what the, the tech one mining frigate i i'm confused please explain uh the the per hour uh of work on a new platform should be a bit uh, larger and more effective but not exponentially so if if a rock will mines uh, uh several hundred percent more than a barge you are actually undermining the value per hour of labor but wouldn't you, as a game designer, want your players to work towards being able to fly that mining barge so they could feel like they're pumping out so much more money into their wallets? But regardless of, you don't need to make it an exponential growth. Players would still want the next tier up if it adds uh, a level of, of effectiveness. It's just that there should be a hard cap and it should be something that has a gradual diminishing return. Otherwise, you're basically undermining and pushing everything up into endgame level. And endgame level is so proportionally more powerful than a new player that a new player is worthless.
I mean, I think a new player is about as worthful as they can make themselves become. I mean, if I'm a new player and I want to go out into a belt with a mining frigate and I might be mining next to the big boys, but I'm still pulling in, you know, share and I can still make money off of that. Might not be as much, but, you know, I'm a newer player. I don't necessarily have the skills necessarily fly of those bigger ships. So what does that matter? All right, guys, it's uh, it's coming on three o'clock here. I'm going to shut us down for the day. Great conversation on all fronts. Um, thank you, Arandis, for uh, joining in. Certainly thank you to Arendis for popping in. Um, that was fantastic as well. And, you know, RJ McLeod, Scythe coming in, and Caleb always for uh, being here with us every weekend. We really appreciate everybody. And you're the audience. Um, thank you. And I think we had one other sub. I think Port Port 66 subbed and maybe somebody else. And I'm sorry if I missed you and forgot your name, but it's been a busy day. So, hey, thanks for watching. We will be back next week at the same time. Everybody say bye. Port 66. Bye. Uh, should salvage. Yeah, agreed. Bye.